Welcome to the Simply Youth Podcast, where the U in youth stands for you. Join us in chatting with some of the most successful Lebanese figures. Follow in their footsteps to write your own story. Tune in on the Simply Youth Podcast every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more platforms. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Simply Youth Podcast. And today we have a very, very special guest. He is a co-founder and CEO of the leading online beauty shop in Lebanon, Field 22 Beauty, with over 15,000 products and more than 350 brands available from perfume, skincare, makeup, and much more. He was also part of the founding team of Lazada Philippines at Rocket Internet, which was sold to Alibaba for $4 billion. Please welcome the amazing Maurice Matar. Maurice, do you have anything to add about yourself and your work? Hello, thank you for having me. Um, no, that was a great introduction. So I've been working in, uh, in tech and startups and digital for, for over eight years now. And uh, yes, just, uh, just love, uh, love building new things and new, new products. Thank you. So Field 22 had its fourth anniversary very recently. How would you describe each of those four years? So, um, yes, we recently celebrated our fourth anniversary. Um, it's been a very, uh, it's been a, a roller coaster ride. Um, we started off with a very small team in, in Beirut Digital District uh, with three people. And uh, today we're about uh, 25 in the team. And uh, with every year and every growing uh, team, we, we've had to move offices, we've had to grow, we ha- we've had to change the setups. We've, we've actually moved um, three times. So this is our fourth, uh, fourth uh, office now. And um, we've, we've been through, uh, through a lot of, uh, of challenging uh, moments, as, as you can imagine, where we were just three people at the beginning delivering the orders ourselves and then uh, starting to have uh, different teams um, starting to have uh, team leaders on every team, and uh, and for the past uh, for the past year, here we have um, we have a very diverse team, and we've been um, we've been even growing internationally. So last year we we built uh, we've set up offices in in uh, in Iraq, and we're we're launching into into new markets uh, in the region very very soon as well. Oh, that's so cool! And. Why did you start your shop in Lebanon, which is often associated with instability? So is the market still untapped with high purchasing power? So um, I've, I've worked in, in, um, in startup and in tech for, um, for a few years, like you mentioned, in Southeast Asia and then in Germany, in Berlin. And uh, five years ago, I decided to come back to Lebanon. Um, I'm, I'm very attached to this country, so I wanted to come back and, and set up a company here and, um, and uh, contribute to the, to the economy. So I, I decided to use what I, what I know how to do, which is uh, digital and e-commerce. And uh, we knew from the start that the market was small and unstable, but we still thought there was room uh, for a player like us. And um, for the past three years, we've been focusing completely on Lebanon. So uh, um, office in Lebanon, um, team here, developers here, agencies from Lebanon and uh, trying to work with Lebanese suppliers, Lebanese brands. Um, and it worked, it worked pretty well for, for the past three years. Now, recently, it's a bit more complicated given the, the currency and uh, the instability. So we're starting to look at, uh, at other markets, but we want to continue to have a base here. We want to continue to have a team um, working maybe out of here um, and uh, servicing uh, other countries in the region. 
Entrepreneurship in Lebanon in particular may seem difficult due to the deficiency in investments and funding. So what would you say to, uh, to advise aspiring entrepreneurs here in Lebanon? Um, my, my advice is always to just get started. Just go out there and start, even if you have a bad um, company name or logo or not a fully developed website. I think the most important thing is to just um just go live and this is what we did when we launched um we went live within a month um with just a name a logo that we had to change <laughs> like two months into launching we had to change our name but um the sooner you launch the the sooner you get feedback from the market from the customers and then you can fix little by little some people are sometimes scared of just having their first version out there because it's not perfect because uh, there are still some improvements to do. We're still improving things four years later. So I think the most important thing is to launch uh, very fast. And that's what we did. Um, it took us a week to get the first order, then uh, another week to get another two orders. Um, but during this whole time, we were learning about what to fix, what to change. And no one really cares about, about the, first, uh, the first impression. Um, so I think the sooner you launch, the sooner you, you make mistakes and you fail, and then you can you can um, make edits and make changes to your product. May I ask what was Field 22's previous name? Yes, it was called Glam 22. Um, we chose it, we wanted to have, we want something that has to do with beauty. So we chose something short. Um, and then we, we liked the age 22 because we, we thought it was the perfect age. Um, everyone wants to, feel, to, wants, to, wants to be 22. And, uh, and we, we launched that name. What we didn't account for is uh, we didn't have like some other players in the market already had booked that trademark and, um, and we had some legal issues around the name. Um, and then two months later, we had to change it and start all over again and throw our business cards and our bags with the old logo. But um, it all feels so distant now. Most of the employees probably don't know the old name and uh, you don't know it either. So we, we moved on very, very quickly. Yeah, it worked out eventually. So I wanted to ask, during COVID-19, most commerce shops witnessed a boost in sales and revenues due to an increase in shopping and demand for non-contact delivery. However, Lebanese e-commerce sites experienced a unique uh, challenge, the economic crash and the currency inflation, where most products are imported. How did Field 22 mitigate the situation and balance economic sustainability with customer satisfaction? That's a, that's a very good question. So um, um, it's true during the pandemic. We, we, we got a, a boost in sales, so it was about maybe three, two to three times the regular volume in sales. Um, the challenge, as you said, was the devaluation. So what we, what we have to do and what most startups, the biggest challenge for startups is, is to manage, manage your cash, um, right? Because as long as you still have cash, as long as you can still pay your team and your suppliers, you're still in the game, even though it's a hard time or even though um, there's a slow uh, slowth in, um, in sales. So that's what we had to do. We had to really, really cut on a lot of expenses and we had to switch to um, local, local suppliers, local uh, tools, um, even though you don't have a lot of local production. Um, on some products we had to stock up. So um, we, we had to really change the way we were working. We had to stock up on necessities, even on, on tools that we use. Uh, um, uh, A4 papers, uh, ink, ink for printers, things like that, and also products. 
and uh, we tried to work with the local suppliers and the local brands that are available so that we can um, so that we can minimize our our USD expenses and our expenses that are um, that we have to pay in, in dollars so now they're really really minimized to a minimum for instance we're not spending on on ads on online ads on facebook ads as much as we were doing uh, previously instead we're trying to work with local partners to um, to promote our products um, and uh, local ad agencies local media uh, local influencers and uh, and trying to limit our uh, international expenditures yeah exactly you found you found it like a perfect opportunity to attract local businesses and make it make them Thrive. So we just wanted to ask, how did Field 22 manage to continue orders with operations halted during the events of October 17? And what adapting to the new form of operations difficult and incurred great losses? And do you think this shift in e-commerce business worldwide will enhance the market? Um, during October, we had a complete uh, halt uh, to our business. There were a lot of uh, roads that were closed. So um, as you can imagine, the, the e-commerce operations are very heavy on logistics. Uh, a lot of people think it's just uh, an online store. You click and then the products are delivered. Actually, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, we order the products, we store them in a warehouse, then people pack them, then people double check them. And then they're delivered through a delivery, delivery guy. So the operations are really, the logistics behind it are very heavy. Um, so in October, we had a complete halt uh, in, on, in operations and in sales for about two weeks. And, um, and then in a way, the, the COVID kind of saved us, uh, boosting our sales again. Um, there was a lot of, of debate whether the, the global pandemic was just boosting sales temporarily or if it was going to, um, to last for a while. From our side, we think Converting any person to becoming an online shopper is already a win, um, whether it's happening in 2020 because of the pandemic or whether they were going to become an online shopper in 2025 or later. I think it just accelerated things. People bought online for, their, for the first time um, sooner than planned, but um, in, that, in, in a way they became online shoppers. And um, as you can imagine, the first time is always the, the most challenging times and the, the, the hardest time. But once you become a shopper, once you're used to it, once your address is saved, credit card is saved, all of these details, then it becomes easier. Then, then it becomes our job as, uh, as online stores to keep this customer and to uh, retain them and to make them shop again, right? If, if they order the first time, and then the experience is terrible um, then we lost them but if they ordered we delivered on time the products were original um, the quality were good and the experience was smooth then most probably uh, next time they're going to shop um, they're going to 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 try again online um, especially if it's if it's uh, offering better a uh, better service a better deal than going to a physical retail and uh, driving uh, looking for parking and then not finding the product that you want at, at the mall. So I think it's our job as, as retailers and as online stores to um, try to maintain these shoppers that we acquired for the first time during, uh, during the pandemic. What other criteria do you have to determine the success of Field 22 other than the first number of first time visitors and how we try to retain them? Uh, we look at a number of, um, of metrics and we try to compare them to international standards. Um, 
one of the metrics we look at is conversion rate. So that's um, the number of people buying um, over the total number of visits. And that one on average is at around 3%. So we try to maintain an average conversion rate of 3%. Whenever that drops, it means either um, you don't have the, the right product or the right price or your images are not nice or your description is not clear um, or you're attracting the wrong audience to the website. So we always look at that metric primarily and, uh, and try to make sure that um, the more we increase our, our visitors on the website, we're maintaining um, a conversion rate that is above 3%. So that's one. And then the second metric I would say is just the quality of the service and the, the rating. Because as long as you can imagine, like all most of our transactions are cash based in Lebanon, cash on delivery, which means um, you've only sold the item when the customer has paid and when the cash has returned to our to our office. So um, once when someone places an order, that's not the sale yet. Um, if, we didn't, if we don't pack it on time, if we don't ship it uh, to the right address, if we don't find the customer, if they don't pay, that's not a sale yet. So um, this is the second thing we look at is the quality of the service and making sure that the order uh, loop is, is fast and, uh, and accurate. And uh, as long as these two, uh, ma these two main metrics or, or, uh, or KPIs are, are met, then um, there's no reason why we should we shouldn't keep having uh, recurring uh, recurring orders. So, how important is it for Field Twenty Two to collaborate with known social media influencers and celebrities in campaigns to boost sales? Um, it's it's our most um, it's our best performing channel actually. So, when we started um, when we launched Field Twenty Two in September 2016, uh, August 2016, we started trying every possible channel. Um, every possible digital channel and online channel, um, social media, newsletter, uh, doing uh, some coupon distribution, things like that, doing events. And obviously, we tried working with some influencers and that was the best performing channel for us. And it remains one of the most efficient ones uh, for several reasons. I mean, social media influencers bring in um, a lot of added value to uh, regular uh, social media campaigns or, or just plain advertising. It adds credibility, um, it's unique content, and uh, we just, we, we love working with influencers. We have a big, big network um, of over uh, 350 influencers all over Lebanon from different regions, from different uh, backgrounds, uh, men, women, and uh, we think each of them brings in an additional um, uh, view and an additional perspective to, to certain products and to, uh, uh, to certain brands. And um, it's definitely um, more effective, much more effective than uh, running ads yourself, saying you have the best products when a third party, when someone else is, um, is saying that for you, it's always more effective. So before Field 22, you were part of the founding team of Lazada, Southeast Asia's largest e-commerce platform then acquired by Alibaba for over $4 billion. So what was the difference between the MENA market and the Southeast Asia market? So um, that was back in 2012, uh, about eight years ago. And it made me, it's also an emerging co country, an emerging market. I was based in the Philippines and I realized that 
um, most emerging markets are similar, right? Uh, they don't have very high credit card penetration. Uh, most people want to pay in cash. Um, not everyone was connected to the internet. So there are a lot of similarities to, um, to Lebanon. Probably the biggest difference was in the geography of the country and, uh, and the logistics because um, the Philippines and a lot of Southeast Asian countries have a lot of islands. I think there are about 7,000 islands in the Philippines. So you can imagine how uh, complicated delivering pro orders uh, are. Like orders have to travel by, by plane and uh, by boat and uh, it makes everything more complicated uh, from delivery to the return process. Um, it's not, it's never funny trying to deliver a fridge to a remote island and then not finding the customer or the customer wanting to return it. So um, I think that was the biggest challenge where we're lucky to, to work in a small market like, uh, like Lebanon. It's, it's small and it's, it's not, it doesn't have the same potential and the same market size as, uh, as the Philippines, but logistically and operationally, it's, it's easier. You can reach any, any city or any destination within less than two hours. And uh, that makes the, the operations easier. So you mentioned that earlier with this economic crisis, Field 22 must expand their to other markets in order to mm -hmm. ensure sustainability and recover losses. So what are basically your plans in the MENA region? We're undecided yet uh, towards which market we're going to tackle, but um, we're, we're obviously looking at, it's, it's very hard to get data on, on, on the e-commerce and uh, because any data is, is already outdated if it's from 2018 or 2019, it's already outdated since the, since just the pandemic, uh, the, the, the COVID pandemic alone um, increased um, e-commerce sales by two or three X, right? So it's, it's very, very hard to get up-to-date uh, data and, and to try to agree on which market to get in. So we're, what we're gonna do is maybe um, try one or two markets by having a small campaign in each of those markets and then see where we can have better traction and when we can have uh, um, higher sales and then we're, we're just going to go for it. So the biggest challenge for e-commerce sites is their websites as the design itself and accessibility determine whether the customer is inclined to buy or not. So how do you try to improve the design and the front end of the website? That's a good question. So the first thing we do is um, we focus a lot on mobile. Um, we've noticed that since three, four years ago already, like 90% of the traffic was on, on mobile phones and uh, very few people were using a desktop. So that's the first thing we did. We focused a lot on mobile, make it um, very mobile friendly. And then a year ago, we launched um, an iOS and Android mobile apps to make, uh, to try and, and switch users from uh, shopping on the website to shopping on the app. Today it's about uh, one out of three that uses the mobile app and we want to increase that, uh, that rate. What we also try to do is we try to collect as much as we can feedback. And the first feedback we try to collect it is from the team. So um, everyone in the team who wants to buy anything from, from our shop has to use um, has to use the mobile app, for instance, and um, and um, that's how we collect feedback. So we were 25 people in the team. Everyone has a different mobile phone. So every time there is an error or a or a bug, 
we we uh, we report it back and we try we try to solve it on the spot. Um, it's very important as well to have this feedback loop coming back from customer service. So if someone complains from a bug on um, iPhone X, uh, I don't know which version, then we try to immediately fix it and um, and try to have it fixed uh, for, for for the next customers. Do you have any final words of advice for recent Lebanese graduates who want to start business but feel they're facing a dead end with no recovery in sight? Um, yes, like I said earlier, I think it's it's my advice would be to just uh, get out there and and uh, start with anything you have in mind. Um, that wasn't my first project. I've had maybe ten projects launched before, and most of them uh, didn't last. Some of them lasted uh, six months, and other lasted a week. Um, I think it's very, very, very hard to succeed from your first attempt. So, um, so I think it's important to just launch um, any idea that you, that you have. It could be a product, it could be just a community, a social community online, it could be a, a, a podcast like you guys are doing. I think the sooner you start uh, launching a project, the, the faster you learn and, um, and the faster you can adapt. And then from that point, you get... Um, you get to meet new people and you get to meet um, new collaborators and then maybe you can develop other ideas or come across other um, opportunities. So um, the sooner you launch and you try um, to launch anything, the, the sooner you'll fall across um, an opportunity or a chance to really, um, to really launch the, the product that you want. Thank you so much for joining us today. We loved having you and your talk was so inspiring and so exciting to know that even in Lebanon, we can achieve our dream if we work hard for them, of course. And speaking from personal experience, Field 22 is a phenomenal shop. I shop there a lot and the service, the service is always amazing and the products are always amazing. I just ordered a gift card a few days ago, actually, because I had my friend's birthday the next day. So I called and asked if they could um, do next day delivery and they were so nice about it. So yeah, I love Field 22 and thank you for bringing it to Lebanon and thank you so much for being here today. We loved having you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words and and I think it's great uh, what you guys are doing. So um, great job and uh, and uh, yeah, keep keep doing uh, those episodes and uh, and uh, don't hesitate to sh to share them with uh, with me. Of course. Thank you so much.